This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Seat. Did you say something while I started to talk? I didn't. No, you didn't? No, I, I said, just, I, I, no, I just, I, my, my head went up because I was like, wow, that voice is. It doesn't last. You've listened to the podcast. The voice is like, okay, I'm going to try this again. Maybe we'll just keep that. I don't know. Because it's very, very indicative of where I am right now emotionally today. Okay. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Furminger. And today, I'm really fucking happy to welcome <laughs> Stephen Lobo to the Wide Bear Screen Scene Podcast. Stephen Lobo? Hey! Steve Lobo. Lobo! There you go. Whatever you... I got an intro. I know it's your first time on the podcast, but I have other words to say, okay? <laughs> like, there's some comic timing going on here. <clears throat> Stephen Lobo? Steve Lobo. Lobo. See, there's like an... Oh, look, whatever you call him, Stephen Steve Lobo Lobo is one of the finest actors we've got in our city. Yes, he's an old friend of mine, but I'm not the only one who thinks he's pretty great. He's got a bunch of awards and nominations to his name, including a UBCP Actor Award for Afghan Luke and a Leo Award for playing head chef Ramir on Godiva's, the gone-too-soon R.I.P. dramatic series set in Yaletown. And just yesterday, just yesterday, friend of the podcast Brian Markinson, who directed Lobo in the critically acclaimed play The Motherfucker with a Hat, described Steve, who he called Steven, as an absolute joy in the room. Okay, so this is me doing my Markinson. <clears throat> he comes from a completely subjective space when he works. When asked to jump, his response is, how high? He truly is one of my favorite actors, humble to a fault wrestles honestly with his insecurities, and doesn't act out. Huh? That was oh, a good Brian Markinson. That's good. Okay, more, more about me now, not Brian Markinson's thoughts. Look. <laughs> is this about Brian, or is it, what am I? <laughs> okay, lo- loved, loved him slash you as the kind-hearted and rather hapless Dev Panwar on Arctic Air. Loved him as scheming bastard Kellogg on Continuum. Loved watching him earlier this summer in the feature film thriller Kill Bird, in which he played a man with a past. And, and I loved performing alongside him all the way back in 1996 in wow. Pendragon Youth Players production of Grease in which he was Kanicki and I was Rizzo and he was known throughout the cast as the guy with the big smile, 24-7-365. So today, let's talk about the journey from Kinnicky to Kellogg and get to know the man that friend of the podcast Brian Markinson describes as a hell of an actor. Wow. Welcome, Stephen, Steve Lobo Lobo. Wow. To the podcast. Sabrina. Right? 
That was a good intro. Look at you. I know. What did you, did you, you wrote that yourself? <laughs> you did that all I yourself. did. I totally wrote that all from my brain. You never cease to amaze me. It's huh? all true, though. Where's the lie? Well, you should. I should do this for I, a living? I, you should do this for a living. <laughs> Thank you. I'll consider it. You know, Ellen has an opening. Yeah. She might. She might have an opening. Oh, but I like. I love throwing staplers at people. And no, no. I'm very. I've. I've wanted to get you. I've invited you before. Timing and other circumstances prevented yeah. this from happening. Glad it's happening right now. Um, one disclaimer for. Uh, I mean, regular listeners know. We record in an alley. There is literally like, there's a dumpster right outside our window. We're working on some soundproofing, but we'll, we'll get there. We gotta gotta make more on our Patreon, then we can get there. Um, but you know, so, but, but it does not take away from the conversation, I think. Two, we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. We are. It's still happening. So I will still ask the question that I ask everybody that I've interviewed during this time. I'm looking at you through this plexiglass yeah. where I can weirdly see my reflection in your face. It's so weird. How are you? How are you doing? How's the, how's the pandemic been treating you? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a mixed bag. I think it's been, um, I mean, there's all the obvious challenges, um, but there has been a bright side. Okay. Oh, what is it? I need. I need to know. Well, there's been. I think there, that people are finding different ways of doing things um, that really are some some better in some ways or different. Maybe works better for some people. Um, I think there's been a sort of a slowing down and a reconnection to the family unit, which yeah. I love. Um, you're, get you're, to know my kids a hell of a lot more. Are they are they down with all the um, the apps and video games and stuff? Like, have they been introduced? Like, Mari's introduced me to Roblox and Animal Crossing and Minecraft and um, all sorts of face swap things. Like, yeah, um, they've been educating you. We're not too into the whole technology, the, the the iPads and all that kind of stuff. But we'll go out and do bike rides and. Oh, you're um, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we just we stay inside all the time. I notice you're very beardy. Is that I'm a COVID? Very, is that a COVID it thing? It was a co- it, it, This is my COVID beard. Yeah. But then it and then it's uh, it's stuck around for um, something I'm doing on Van Helsing now. <gasps> yeah. Van Helsing. Yeah. I got a su- I got a sweet part on, That's on the last season and the last and sort of. The last few episodes. Fuck yeah! Yeah, that I'm been really excited about. Been working with with Jackie. Yeah, Jackie Gould. Jackie She's Gould. directing me. Yes. Um and yeah, working with the gang there. I was blown away by that show. I'm, uh, wow, <laughs> you got very passionate I about did, it. I did. Yeah, I was Wait. so proud and I was so excited to um, catch up on on that and I, I watched a bunch of the four season I was just blown away yeah the acting the writing yeah the, it looked really great yeah everything was so great you belong uh, on that show now I gotta go okay no spoilers mm. at all um is are you but can you say oh. if you're if you're playing a nice person well here's what here's what I, this, this is this is I, I actually um I I emailed Jonathan Lloyd Walker yesterday and I said I'm gonna be on your I'm gonna be on your podcast and I was like what can I say he said okay uh-huh. So he said... Um, now you have to read it like JLW. Okay, okay, okay. So um, 
I'm doing the podcast tomorrow. Can I talk about VH? Um, yes, just. Uh, I can't, I, I, what, what's his? What's his? This is like thoughtful yes, and like. Yes. Um, just don't mention playing the. F- <laughs> <laughs> don't mention playing the. See, this is why I can't yeah, do these things. Put your phone down. Put your phone. This is what. This is just don't mention playing the dot dot dot. Be vague, like. A character who has a very significant value to the end game with the Van Helsings. Wow. I I I imagine that Kira Zagorski received similar kind of instructions when she came in at the end at Continuum because Absolutely. you know yeah. she she came in and she was very much tied to your your storyline. Okay, can we just can more There's so much I want to talk about. I'm like, hold. I don't even know what where I want to start because um, I want to talk about Van Helsing. I want to talk about COVID. Um, but I also, I feel like I want to acknowledge the fact that I've known you a long time. I know. Like, the, my very, very first time acting, ever. Yeah. And so, like, I always ask people, like, let's go back in time and, you know, tell me who you were when you knew you were a first performer. I was literally there. Oh, and this was the only photo that I could actually find. I'm passing it, passing it across. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Jen? Jen Dash, Jen, yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember very yeah. many people's names. Now it yeah. was it was a really special it was. production. Um and I mean I mean, there is also the fact that, you know, uh, Danny Zuko was played by current, you know, a Broadway and uh, West End theater star, Raman Carr. Raman, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, it, but it, so it was kind of like a lightning in the bottle kind of thing. But um, let's, let's start, let's start there. Because that's, wh- that's where, for me, that's how I first knew you. And it was your first time acting. So, like, what brought you to that? Production, because I also I remember yeah. your brother, my brother was my brother. the was the AD on that. Yeah, my brother brought me in. Yeah. So my brother, I was, uh, what was I doing? Uh, I'd just started. Um, you, uh, I was going to UFT Scarborough campus. I was taking maths and sciences. I I probably just come back from another traveling adventure. Um, so you were you were studying math and sciences. So what were what did you plan on doing? I was, like, what was the career path the that you stream, had, had the, in mind? Yeah, the stream was like the in, environmental sciences, um, being outdoors, um, working with people in a kind of, I I enjoyed the sort of scientific method and something that you can like like organize and analyze and and um, have predictions and then see if those if, see how those play out and yeah. just I just really gravitated at before all of before I was introduced to acting I, 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 and I still like that kind of um, organized that's or, that's so fascinating yeah like so was that like were, were you encouraged by your parents to pursue that path like what did they want you to be well, I guess my mom was dry, like she was sort of programming me to be a doctor. My dad, I didn't really have much. Um, he didn't give me much push or pressure in any way. But I think because maybe because of my, I don't know what it was. Maybe there was so I didn't grow. There was no 
besides from my my two siblings, they had an artistic temperament. Mm. But I never thought that I I never thought that I did. But they made me laugh, and they made me they made me excited. Um, my older brother Andrew's my younger brother, who you know. But I have an older brother who's who has Down syndrome. Oh my gosh! And and he again, he's just such a creative, you know, joyful spirit. Yeah. And his favorite, um, he's been obsessed with Greece his whole entire life and John Travolta is his favorite actor and he would loop he would he would record Grease on TV and he would loop it like he would drive us crazy I like I mean <laughs> I didn't realize how much I actually love that movie because I was so busy hating it I was like this movie is driving me crazy yeah he would watch it for like beginning to end all the way to the credits and then rewind it and loop it and watch it again and again so that had a really big you know, so that's how how you came knowing all of the all yeah, the words it, and all the songs, that, right? That's right. That's <laughs> it was right. like background noise for your. It was background noise, yeah. And and um, so yeah, and Andrew was always involved in in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and he's like, "This is what I'm doing. You you, you want to maybe?" And I was like, "You think I can?" He's like, "Yeah, go for it." And I went in, and it was so much fun, and yeah. it just and it changed my life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, I still you, didn't think that I was like, I was still the guy who was the you know, who was I was still the outsider. Like I was like, wow, these people are amazing, and I just love being around you guys. And you uh, felt like an outsider completely. That's a, that is amazing cuz like when I think of you back in that time like you just and you can see it in a lot of the photos that I have which I honestly I I have some of them scanned um but they're in my storage unit. I was looking yesterday wow. and I was like, "Oh shit, you I can find them." Stuff that yeah. Amazing. <laughs> but like that there's a photo of of you and Ramen and you're literally signing programs after the show and you like are so like so jazzed and happy. Like you're like like somebody who's like discovered like oh this is my natural. Well, check this habitat. out. So so Raman would be like he's like let's so after the show he'd be like all right let's go out. I'm like what? He's like let's let's you know let's get let's receive the love. He's like this is part of it. He's yeah. like the given and the rec- and and I was like yeah. So that part that's that was me. I remember that clearly. But that was me going. <laughs> this is, that's, that was the part and that that I sort of have never made peace with yeah that that sort of the before the the jam with the other actors in the show and the after so the, the so the the fandom the conventions the people actually like appreciating your work and giving you as Raman yeah, described yeah. like love after yeah yeah I mean he was so he was like he was like that there's been little little drops where I'm like little um, pennies that have dropped throughout the course of my career where I'm like hmm I'm not gonna I love acting but yeah I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be the star like I know I'm not gonna I know that's not gonna be my jam because I'm not built for that stuff I'm not I you know you have to have a you know, and there's room for everybody, and I think that's what we don't talk about. You know, even in like acting class or a lot of the industry talks, right? It's like there's not there's more than one different kind of career, or more more than one different kind of actor. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think you know. I think most actors 
are more are extroverts and and they you know but just me being in in the room i mean i'm like that's a big win for me yeah you know so um yeah i mean and then and then i find joy in in lots of other places too yeah um okay so how like what was your because honestly like i knew you during the show and you know when you do a show it's like it's so intense and it's so you know you're yeah, yeah, all yeah. whatever and you're like we're always gonna be forever. Yeah, always, always be together and then you're like oh she, like and then everybody goes off in their lives right you know uh-huh. and it's and so i think like so the next time that i like I saw you, you're on a fucking bus shelter ad, you know, for Godiva's, right, right, you know? Right. So how did you get from, like, it's like catching up. I have seen you in the intervening years, yeah. but how did you get from, what steps did you take? What kind of declaration did you make to yourself to get from Pendragon Youth Players to to Ramir? Like, what happened? What ha- yeah. How are you doing? What happened in those years? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, though, you were amazing in that show. Like Thank you, you. I, rem- I, I, I clearly remember, like, for people, I don't, I mean, do people know that you're an incredible singer? No, I don't talk about it. I sing a little bit on the show, just like I just like, did. But boom, yeah. Yeah. I remember so clearly your solo, that, and you would walk up into that space, and you would just shine. Thanks, thank you. Wow. You just, and, and everybody would just stop, and we'd just look at you. And you were belting out that solo. Yeah. And it was, it, there are worse things I could do. It's one yeah. of my... It was beautiful. It was, I'll never forget it. Yeah. And I've never forgotten how that feels. But from what I've realized from my journey, though, is that there are different ways to get that, right. that feeling. That feeling. You know, and um, that, that particular... Like, music is part of my life, but that kind of performance... Mm-hmm. It wasn't really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't really the path for, for me. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah. But that show. That was such a. It's it's such a special, memory. And to have that experience of that endorphin rush. Yeah. Every night, like I yeah. get why you know people want to do like you know like Life, seven yeah. days a week and two on Sundays, right? Like you know it's so it is such a powerful feeling yeah you know it really is. but I'm lucky I get it in other places as well because I don't know if you noticed but I'm kind of in my happy place yeah right now oh yeah you're killing yeah me. all right yeah. Y- y- listen I know you you're not a big fan of the spotlight <laughs> and whatever but we're not gonna no I this is this is my house so you gotta you gotta talk you gotta answer the question so Kaniki to Ramir go Kaniki to Ramir <laughs> well I, I I think I had a blast doing that show I mean what a sp- like as a first experience, what it was just pure joy. Yeah, pure joy. We were just, uh, and and the show. Were and you the material part of the people who were having like a shot? Because like there's some of us who are still in our teens, but you guys were all a little bit older than yeah, me and Ramen. Yeah, so like you would do like a shot of Southern Comfort or something like every night. Was that were you part of that group that did? Um, that did that a shot at Southern Comfort every night before the the show as like a dressing room ritual. That I don't know. I mean, it it rings a bell. Yeah. Maybe ramen is that something that ramen would introduce? Maybe. That sounds like that sounds like ramen because he was like, I think he was. Who's the gentleman who originated the role of Jean Valjean? Um, not Burgess. Was that a, no? Not Burgess. No. Um, no. I but can't remember. It but sounds he, like he, a th- that, that was a big mentor to him. Yeah. And he and I remember he would talk about. Um, that the advice that he was given, but he was like, eh, not, who cares about vocal warm-ups and all this stuff? Sort of Southern comfort before the, you know. Yeah, the, to really warm yourself to, up. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I don't. Maybe I. I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't know if I, I was or not. But um, <laughs> I was like, is, is that where the joy came from? No, no, no. <laughs> no. It was just so much fun. It was just everybody was so lovely. Yeah. You know, um, it was so. I just. I, I. I. I'll never forget that. So what um, was it? You so, were chasing that. Were you chasing well, that feeling? I. I still. I that that ended, and then I remember. Um, I remember the people who did that show, they were gonna do West Side Story after. Um, and and they they asked me to be a part of that. And I was like, okay. I didn't really have, I didn't see myself, at, Greece was a special, like I explained, it was like a special thing to me and yeah. my family and it was a personal thing. It was, and that was so much fun. And then I was like, but I, I not, I'm still not an actor. There's no way I'm gonna pursue this professionally. Um, I'm gonna go back to what I, to, to my thing and hopefully, you know, stay friends with all these people and what a, what a great, um, what a great experience. And I was, and I, and I showed up to a few rehearsals of, of West Side Story and I was like, I, like I had, I was just, I have no range. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. Like I couldn't do what they were asking me to do. I, but another thing that I had done is that I had signed up for an elective at U of T. Oh. After Greece, I think it was after Greece. Yes, and um, or at some point in that, somewhere in there, um, and that's and that again similar to. Similar to the experience in Greece, it was just fun. It was an elective. It was just something. Sorry, was it acting, performing, it, musical theater? Like, what was it? It was purely just like a acting intro kind of type deal. But I was excited by the people. It was more like the people. I was like, there was in, interesting, different people who were just like open, and you know, and you wanted to be around the artists. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like, huh? These, these. People are like there was a there was something there was a there was connections there for sure, um, and I was just inspired by them. But I, I again, it just felt like an outsider. Didn't think it was some, something I could ever do. But Anna Miglarisi, my teacher, she was like, you know, it is something you can do, you know. And she just and it, that was a period of just sort of like adjusting my brain to go well okay, maybe I don't have to do it as a career, but I can continue to do it hmm. for for fun and, and just sort of discover the side of myself. Um, and then that led to doing some classes downtown and dropping at a, I did, I mean, I, all my attention went to uh, that theater yeah. class. I spent a lot of time there and with friends and um, and the other classes sort of went to, went away. I dropped out, I moved downtown, I started taking classes and stuff like that. Um, and um, there was some, you know, hard comeuppances there. Some real hard um, rejections. Oh yeah. Um, that really devastated me. Um, and then um, there was some app- I applied for theater school. A few rounds of theater school in um, NTS and George Brown, and um, did a few rounds of those. And it was just like nothing. Like couldn't get past the first round. Yeah. And, and, um, had an interesting experience on my first gig. I booked a um, um, Tony and Tina's wedding. I played Tony in Tony and Tina's wedding. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but not for very long. <laughs> oh, oh, 
why? Oh my God. Were you bad? I was, well, first of all, I was terrified. Second, I was replacing, I was replacing a real, I was replacing the dude who originated the role in Toronto. His name is, he was a lovely dude, a lovely guy, so supportive of me too. And there was other people who were so supportive of me, but then there was a bunch that weren't. Mm. And they're like, who's this guy? I, and you know, actors who wanted their say of who should be the next Tony and stuff like that. And of course, young and unexperienced in my first job, I didn't really give power to the people who were like, you got this. I was giving all my, I was listening to the voices uh-huh. that were like, you know, that wanted me out. And it, and it took me down. One day I called in sick and they called me up and they fired me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, but then, but that then. That fucking sucks and yet it seems like you've, you learned something. Well, that's, wow. That, that was like, I was like, wow. So I got these voices in my head. Um, you know, that was, you know, stuff like that. It's hard to come back from. But then I was like, okay, you know, I, I, I was, I was empowered because I was like, I still want to do this. Like even after that, I still really want to do this, and I'm going to. And nothing charges me up than somebody saying I can't do that. Tell me I can't do it. Yeah. That I can't. Yeah. Then that that lit a fire under me, and um, I did something that I went. I was 27. Yeah. And then I went to theater school. So I went to. So I didn't get into schools in Ontario or, in, or Quebec, and I have a British passport, and I applied to a bunch of schools. Uh, in England, and um, in that year of you know rejection and all that stuff, I I I changed. There was a lot of growth. My auditions in England went amazing. Hmm. You know, uh, I think they were partly because they were more open to people who were a little bit older. Yeah, and partly because uh, you know I um, I'd grown a lot as an actor and I had more to offer. I think, and. Um, yeah, I ended up going there for three years, and um, you know those. They even said it in the theater school. They're like, a lot of this, a lot of this three years is just your brain, us, you know, allowing allowing for room to trick your brain that you can you can that you know the, to to squash those voices that you know you're a fraud, you can't do this, you know, because I'm still that guy in Greece who's like. I can't like I'm not I'm not one of you like I'm yeah. not you know, but um, but yeah that that training really was the was a real um, guess confidence builder and, and and felt more like even though I'm I I still feel like that outsider it's like okay I can I can I can I'm a I I can this is my I can approach it I can job. Yeah, and uh, I have the tools and to do this as a as a profession. Yeah, you know? um, what kind of career did you want? You know, when you're fresh out of out of theater school, or maybe even when you're in it and you're training and you're starting to imagine yourself in the future, was it like I'm going to go back and I'm going to be Tony? You know, at Tony and Tina's wedding, and they're not going to fire me, or was it was it like I want to be this kind of role, or I want to be on screen? Like, what what did you want? Well, knowing you can do it is one thing, but then like. Articulating, you know, what you want, so you can plot your yeah. your course, right? That's that's the next step. I'm imagining. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that I was going to live on stage, um, probably. Um, 
I I I envisioned a state. I was in love with. Uh, I, I was enamored and blown away by the the, the London stage, mm. and um, I dreamed of that. I dreamed of a life in theater, um, and then, but of course, but the, yeah, there was a tug towards like I love film, I love movies, and so to be in, in to balance that. Um, in terms of types of roles, I mean, what what that training at that specific school that I went to gave me was um, how to build character, you know, which is um, something that I really fell in love with. And I felt it gave me a malleability and like a, and and freedom to go to these different places, which yeah. um, I feel more of a sense of when I go back to the theater. Um, so yeah, that and that still feels like home. Yeah. To me, um, yeah. But oh. um, I mean, but Godivas ticked a lot of those boxes off too. Yeah. I mean, I was speaking to early, about fifteen years ago. Fred Eunuch, we were doing something together, and he was like, he kind of broke it down in a way that really made sense. He was like, you know, there's 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 three things. There's three boxes. There's like, there's the material. There's the people you're working with. And there's money, right? And those are all important. Um, if you get one of those, great. If you get two of those, fantastic. And then if you get three of those, my God, yeah, that's the new Maslow period of needs, right? Like that's the yeah. that's the top. That that is that's awesome because I I mean I loved Godiva's. Yeah, I think like it it wrapped way too soon. Like there was so much life really left in it. Um, and some incredible performances, you know, came out of that as well. Um, and I wanna talk sp like more specifically also about Ramir, about Kellogg, about Dev, you know, um, about the <laughs> about motherfucker with the hat, like all these things. Yeah. But you know, of all the characters that, that you've played or all the jobs that you've had, which one has like energized, <laughs> I got my hands up, like I'm about to do some like Reiki healing, but like like that has like energized you, invigorated you, you know, where like you got that, you know, endorphin rush that I described when I was, you know, <laughs> every night when I got to sing there were things I could do. Like what where, what was the role in your filmography and in your in your credit list where you, you got the chance to to achieve that height? Oh man, I mean I And every showrunner is listening, so you know you have to <laughs> <laughs> well, when it, it to me it always feels like the one I'm doing. Oftentimes, it feels like the one I'm doing at the moment is my favorite. Yeah, that often feels like that. I mean, for sure, your firsts are special, right? So I'm never gonna forget. Uh, well, Greece was a, a first, first, first. Yeah, and then um, many firsts in theater school, right? Yeah. Breakthroughs and breaking down walls and like going to different places that you didn't know were there, and then and then. Boom! Like starting with like Ramir, like out of the gate, I'd been on set a handful of days before I booked this lead on a Canadian show, and yeah. with these amazing people, on with this with this showrunner who was like wrote a show, what like decades, a decade before its time. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Absolutely, I, I, it w it was a decade before its time. Like it was, it was rich. It was it was diverse. It was hyper local. You know, it was. I mean, the richness in, of the performances. In so many ways, yeah, yeah. And so smart. Yeah. Fuck. Right. Right. Vancouver playing yeah. as Vancouver when people weren't doing that. Yeah. Casting a brown dude as a lead. Yeah. 
you got Carmen Moore, who's playing First Nations behind the bar, playing amazing, amazing. I adore Carmen, who's who's um, playing uh, a, a bisexual uh, bartender. Um, Michael McMurtry, uh, a gay waiter. Yeah. Rite. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a doctor who's immigrated to Canada. It looks like the world in which we actually that live. We actually live. Yeah. In. Yeah. Um, and I, and uh, you mentioned your you mentioned your brown. I'm brown too. Yeah. Is that fun? That's so fun. <laughs> um, but you know, it's especially as as uh, some people say, diversity is so hot right now. But it hasn't always been, and it and honestly, it, it can be very challenging just to exist in you know a white supremacist society, you know, as a person of color. And yeah. you know, I would imagine that it's not I would imagine. I've I've done lengthy interviews about this that it would yeah. be even more heightened uh, and intense and challenging in film and television. You know, like what what kind of like in what ways did being you know the the brown dude yeah. uh, imp- impact your career and uh, especially in the early days like did you was, was that something you because honestly what I enjoy about your work too is that you are kind of also um a chameleon you know as well like it's not like oh he's only gonna play like that yeah. one culture that one type of role like you know you, you can play Dev and Kellogg and sometimes I forget that it's the same fucking actor you know Oh, thank you. Um, it wasn't a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Set me up. Yeah. Um, I mean, Godiva's actually, um, it made, it made, it was such, uh, I, I mean, I connected with that role in a, in a, in a huge way. Um, I knew, I knew that guy, you know, um, I could draw I could draw on lots of things from my from my friends and to, 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 to bring that character to life. But what I couldn't do was look for any examples out there in um, film or TV to go, who is this guy like? like right, because there hadn't been a Ramir before. No, there hadn't. There really hadn't. So, and I that was screaming at me. That 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 voice was like, and specifically about him being him being sexy him being someone because you it's one thing to you know play uh, you know be in a a romantic interest for someone yeah and but Ramir was a completely different beast he was someone who it's like it's in the text that he walks into a room and everybody wants him yeah people just dropping their clothes <laughs> and i literally had a revolving door of uh, of women coming in to my bedroom every episode um so um ha- so that that and you obviously can't play that right and michael was you know he's like no no you do your thing and we'll support you the text is there to support you and you know Everything is there to support you being that guy. That you're you're that guy because you are that because that's what the story says. But but there was still that voice in me going, dude, you can't play. You're not this. You can't play this. Not that I'm, I not that I'm not this, but you can't play this hmm. because I couldn't look. I, there was, I think it was Art Malik. He played a sexy guy in. Jewel of the Crown. That was the only thing I could find, you know, and that was certainly not in the sort of world that uh, Ramir lived in. 
So it was. Th- so that was a, that was something that was really that I really battled with on that. Wow, one. that's. I mean, that really. I didn't realize how groundbreaking it was. You know, like I bet I, like at the time. You know, in its in its historic moment. You know, have you have you heard feedback at all from people who it who it touched and like, like seeing, you know, people of color specifically, you know, seeing you. Yeah. I mean, maybe not even just that role, but you know, seeing you on on screen. There's been know. that role where I've had younger, um, younger, uh, like brown skin young men who've come up to me and they were, it affected them in a, and they, they, they shared, they shared their, in different ways, some of some of it was just like we didn't know we could be sexy and have women all the time. Pretty like essentially, no. esse- yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm not I'm not even joking. I know, like, I know, because of what what you know, especially like you know, somebody who's who uh, is my dad's from India. You know, in I mean, in Bollywood, you get to see men be yeah. you know swarthy and sexy yes. and whatever. Yes. But you know, for for a long time, you know, representation of you know an Indian man was a figure of fun, a, a butt of a joke, a, a, a white man in in brown face. Yeah. Um, you know, Ed or a poo on The Simpsons. You know, it's not like the it's yeah. the jo- it's a punchline. It's a joke you make when you do, when you're like, oh, this is the least sexy person. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. So I could I I could imagine yeah. how powerful I, I, that I is. had. Guy, I I remember a few. Uh, there was one time I was in Winnipeg shooting something. I, I, there was a guy working behind the counter. He jumped up from behind the counter and he's like, "Hey, man." I, I'm looking at you. I'm learning, man. I'm learning how to, you know, he's talking about girls. He's like, I'm trying, you know, but it's so, thank you for everything and all the, you know, and there's been a few moments like that, which I have to say has been gratifying and like, it's topped anything in terms of like, to, 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 to give to brown have, young people confidence. To have to that out there, yeah. really want to talk about, um, I want to talk about Kellogg a lot. Uh, because I'm also, I want to do this like super cut of people like just talking about Simon Barry's brain. Like that's that's something that I want to give to Simon. It's just like yeah. people just talking about what they think is going on in his brain. But I also, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about Gary Harvey for uh, for a second because he also he's a, an, an incredible leader and mm-hmm. an incredible um, visionary you know and mm-hmm. I mean you've worked with him on a, a couple of occasions yeah. you know a couple of different at least yeah. a couple of different projects um, you know what 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 do you think's going on in his brain you know what kind of special qualities uh, does Gary Harvey bring to his work no Gary I mean so Gary um, directed me in Godiva's he was a producer on Godiva's and then he brought me on to um, he's the reason I played Dev on Arctic Air yeah um, I think I'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> he's probably he's listening he's like actually he's the reason I was like fighting to not have him there and then <laughs> he's, a like, no. he's a large part he's a large part anyway he's and, a lovely and, man and he yeah I mean and first and foremost he's been a dear friend um outside of um, the industry um, and he's just uh, he's a he's a extraordinary visually creative person um, he and the, the the just the the humanity the openness the calmness and the acceptance of uh, that you feel when you're on his set um, 
it's a really special thing. Yeah. He's a really lovely. Kind of glowing right now talking about Gary. Gary, yeah, that's the impact you have on people. He's a lovely, lovely man and, an, and of course, a very talented man as well. And I remember the stuff that, like, like even the shots that he was doing on Godiva's, it would be so, I didn't know, I didn't know how, um, how unique it was. Yeah. But he would be so creative with the camera, but in such a lovely, lovely, lovely collaborative way. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't say no, enough great things about him. I adore that man. Okay. You know you have to say equally nice things about Simon Barry when we come to him, right? Well, Simon's a different, <laughs> Simon's a different thing. <laughs> okay, I, I've talked about Kellogg a lot. If people haven't watched Continuum, what the fuck? Watch Continuum, okay? I don't even know how. I don't think it's on any streaming service yet, no? right? It needs know. to be. I it's think not on Netflix? I don't think so. Oh. I think it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, it might be, but I... I I've, I don't know. I'll do some research. Anyway, you can also yeah. you can, there are ways on the internet to watch things, and you can also buy the DVC set, which I I have some DVDs. Um, but you know, Continuum was this like really rad. You know, you talked about how Godiva's was set in Vancouver. Continuum was yeah. a a Vancouver set sci-fi. You know, time travel crime procedural procedural. Yeah. You know where where you had this like confluent this congregation of some really fucking rad acting talent, you know, in the city telling a really heightened um s- serialized uh Yeah. I, I mean it's hard to it is hard to describe because there was action and then there was like you know the overarching, you know, there yep. was a narrative arc. Um and your character was um one of the the slimiest Hey, um, easy now. Dirt bags. Oh. Yeah. Which you were you were wonderful. Um, really enjoyed watching you play a slimy dirt bag. It was um, fun to play. So, I mean, we, we, talked, we touched on this a little bit when you were talking about playing a sexy dude and not necessarily feeling like, you know, this is me. So how much of, of you is in Kellogg? You know, and what kind of, of, of special challenges did you were there in playing, you know, a slimy, well, a I suppose slimy going, dirt going, bag? Um, being in England for four years, I suppose I fell in love with the art of winding people up, mm. and <laughs> and the joy in doing that. And that's all you know. That's what you do. That's how you communicate by you know just winding each okay, other notice, up. Notice, but I, I I might like a little bit of that. <laughs> I have a little I, bit. Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to carry you out in a bucket. It's gonna be a puddle because I just I've I wound him too far. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was it was fun because um, that was he was such a um, trickster, right? He was such a um, he 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 found you know he found his he found what he was good at, you know he found he found his spark, right? Yeah. He was good at this, and he deserved he deserved it, he earned it, and he was gonna take it, right? And he was <laughs> I was nodding them like, no, he didn't. He's a slimy dirtbag. But so, but like, did you understand? Did you understand him? Did you like him? Did you empathize with him? And and are are all those questions important? Is it important to to like the character that you're playing to understand? Well, character? we got more answers about him as we went. But at first, no. I mean, I I I did love him. I did love him off the bat because he was um, an individual. He wasn't. He wasn't subscribing to somebody else's, um, you know, uh, 
story or orthodoxy or or, or whatever. He was going to write his own ticket, yeah. and he was going to do it his way. Um, and I like that. I like that. And um, and he was intelligent, and he um, he found a way through. There was humanity in him, and um, there was a bit of humanity in him. There. Well, I th- see. For me, it was the world is shit all over this guy, right? And he deserves he, he deserves um, his. He deserves to 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 live and thrive just as much as um, as anybody else. Wow, I feel like I'm talking to him <laughs> right now. I got a Kellogg apologist uh, in here. Uh, no, I will. I will say like over like over time. Um, he's been screwed over by everybody, well, right? Like everybody, he's screwed over. So he's not gonna. He's not gonna. Ex- he's not gonna even think that that's a possibility anymore. He's gonna go. You're gonna. Everyone's gonna scream me. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna take what's. What's up? You know. So were you a liberate sympathizer then in your in your like real life? Did Did you agree with what they were doing? Did you think that they were terrorists or that they were anarchists? I mean, I saw them a little bit more as anarchists, but I always thought that you were that you, <laughs> that you were slimy dirtbag. Well, I bubble. didn't. I suppose I didn't. I mean, there's so much social political commentary on there. Did I? Did I spend time? Dissecting that, not really. Yeah, I enjoyed that it was there, and I liked what it was saying. But I can't say that I was like. Um, That's fair though, because I don't think Kellogg did. Yeah, I don't either. think he. I don't think he did either. How does this benefit me? Yeah, yeah, and um, of course, you you know, they're doing liberate was doing um, maybe not so great things, but for a great reason. You know, there was mm-hmm. there was a there was. <laughs> I sound skeptical. No, it, I'm not skeptical. I've actually I've, I've my relationship. It's just like with Killmonger in Black Panther. Like my relationship with with Liberate has changed over time as I've like begun to empathize. I mean, I guess the the character that like that I have the hardest the two characters I have the hardest time empathizing with are are Travis Verda and Travis. Um, and uh, Kellogg. But uh, yeah, you can Lots tell though. You can tell sitting in this space. And I don't know if you knew it about me at the time we first knew each other. No, I didn't. But you're like, no, I didn't know. <laughs> no, I did not. That I, I am a huge sci-fi nerd. Like I fucking, I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was your relationship? I mean, you're in Vancouver now. You've been for a while. You know, you've you've done a bunch of sci-fi. But like, you know, going into, into you know that kind of work. What was your what was your relationship to it? Uh, and. Um, yeah, how did is it is it a different beast as an actor? You know, do you have to bring different different skill sets as an actor? You know, when you're in that sci-fi. Well, toolbox? I've never I've never done like big makeup character makeup stuff. Um, growing up, I, I I've always been attracted to story. It didn't matter the genre. I like everything from romantic comedies to romance to sci-fi drama action. I don't. I just. I. 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 I obsessed with movies. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah. Just like it, with sci-fi, if it's if it's good and engaging as a story, I'm in. So yeah. Of course, there was Star Wars, and I, I watched pretty. I think I've watched every episode of Star Trek, the original series. Um, oh, TOS, the OG one. Wow. The, very the, impressive. The original. Um, <laughs> 
And uh, but yeah, I mean, I can't say I, I've watched some Doctor Who and um, you're literally just looking at my stuff watched, on my shelf and you're like, I watch, I watch Star Wars, I watch Star Trek, I I've watch been, Doctor Who. I oh, what else? Uh, what else is there? X Men is there. Oh, uh, I'm caught. I'm caught. <laughs> a lot of visual got, cues. I got, and, got, I got so, well, the Kaiser shows it. <laughs> you got that? <laughs> oh, that's that's so funny. But you know, so but even even though, um, I mean, you were not you weren't in heavy prosthetics or yeah. you know, or whatever. You were still in that in that toolbox, and like you're still then encountering people like me. You know, the the fans and stuff. Like, yeah. what kind of experience was was that like? Your your first forays into you know, into being part of a project that has like, you know, that kind of sci-fi following. It was exciting. It was exciting. You have this, you have this audience that, that engages that I've, that I've never experienced before. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're lovely people. Um, they're excited. They're engaged. They're loyal. Um, and we went, what, four, four seasons? Four seasons. And then the little bit at the. Right. Three, three and a half then. Four and a half? Four and a half. I feel like it was four and a half, okay. wasn't it? I'm not sure. Simon is listening right now and yelling. He's yelling. <laughs> Sorry, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're both wrong. It was whatever it was. Yeah, but the, you, I mean, wonderfully, Continuum did get the chance to to have a nice... To, uh, yeah, we got an ending. Yeah. I think that was you the first time ending. I actually ended something, yeah. which was really special. Yeah. You know, being part of a series that, you know, you, you finish, sometimes you end on a cliffhanger, sometimes you just sort of just leaves things open. And um, but yeah, that was the first time we got actually finished something. It felt really good. Yeah. So at least that at least we got that. You know. You got that. All right. Let's let's talk about the let's talk about the Simon Barry of it all. Simon Barry uh, currently the I just saw him actually. The, you did. Yeah. He had his um, his trailer parked at the uh, what are they called? These beautiful um, I can't remember the name. Um, you mean like his like antique looking? Yeah, what is like, it called? It's like an I don't know, like an aluminum trailer of some yeah. kind, aluminum sided. Yeah. So he had he had it parked at the uh, at the. Couple. It looks like it's from Pinterest ad. Like it, it's like it's, it's gorgeous. It was like made for. Looks like it was made for like for just all the best Instagram. Pinterest. Yeah. So we had to park yeah. up at Britannia Beach <laughs> when we were shooting there. When we were shooting Van Helsing there, yeah. and so him and Jackie would sleep like on location there and then he brought it out to uh, the farm out in Lang- uh, Abbotsford when we were when we were shooting there oh and right so when on Van Helsing for, for Van Helsing yeah. aww is that like it, it okay I want to put a pin in this. Let's return to it in a second. Um, I want to talk about shooting during COVID nineteen. So, but oh. we, like, just I'm saying it out loud. Um, I don't have a pin. Usually, if I was, if we were at a bar and then we were talking, and then yeah, I'm like, yeah. hey, we got to talk about this. It happens with Kira Zagorski all the time or Sharon Taylor, and I have to like put a penny on the table so that we will return back to like. And then you have a line of pennies, and you have to try to remember what what each was the, the drop thread. But anyway, COVID nineteen will we will return to. But Simon Barry, now so. the now it's fine. It's fine. It's just the one thing. Um, um, now the showrunner of like you know one of the top rated you know new Netflix yeah. series right you know and so like now people all over the world you know in like 190 countries are, are getting a glimpse into Simon's into Simon's creative mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think's going on in there? You know like what kind of special qualities do you think uh, or, or special POV you know uh, that like does Simon have that makes it so he can tell these kind of stories and and build that kind of these kind of really fucked up universes that well, people just want more of see he's got this hit show on netflix right now and you go and hang out with him and he's like he's the same dude right yeah. like 
and um, there's it's because I think that Simon always well he he's obviously a super intelligent dude that sees so much of the industry and of the process I've never I don't I mean I don't think I've ever met someone who can balance the who who, who can see the the industry and the me- the mechanisms and how the industry works and balance and with the and balance that with the, creati- the creativity you know right the 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 business side the business and then side the, creating the creative side. side but also the technical side mm. he's, he's a cameraman too yeah right um so he can he can that's why I'm so fascinated with his brain. Yeah, his brain. His, his brain. Big genius. Have you watched? Okay. I've watched, I've watched Warrior Nun. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen a bunch of it. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Did you watch the last episode? No. Dude. Uh, no, okay, can you wa- watch it and then text me, okay? Okay, well. I, I, and I want to know if by the time, like, once you've watched it, if you actually threw your phone across the room oh, and, like, no. how much the screen oh, of, no. your, oh, no. of, of your your phone is cracked. Like, it's it's brilliant. I've never seen a show with that many cliffhangers. Oh, like, really? a season oh. ending where you have, like, ten... Ten questions. So I mean, we're we're very, yeah. It's 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 nice that he's such a nice person. Well, that's you know, just it because well. because if he what if thank God he's using his powers for good <laughs> because ah, okay because <laughs> he 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 is smart enough to um um rule the world. <laughs> you know? Honestly, yeah. It's it's really true. Okay, but um, he, he is a. But I mean, he's a genuinely. I mean, he's a, lo- a lovely person. And he's he's on the side of like he, he's completely, um, generous with people and his time and um. He's, a, he's an amazing man. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, all fancier, yeah, Simon whatever. Barry. Can you edit that out? Why did I? No, I'm not, nope, it all I'm stays. I'm not joking. Edit it all stays. <laughs> you need to edit that. Out. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna pick up. I'm gonna pick up the penny, um, the invisible penny. Wait, there aren't even pennies anymore, right? Oh. Like it would just be like nickels and dimes. Why and can't it just be quarters. a pin? I know, but I like you know when you go to a bar, you're not like I'm gonna get right. out my pins, my bobby pins, True. or or I mean, granted, don't really go to bars anymore <laughs> either. Um, okay, but COVID. I mean, so one of the last times I saw you, yeah, you know, was... was in the before times. We went to see John Cassini's film at the Rio uh, the week like like three days before everything in the industry shut down that was you the know? last time last time we were together yeah. sitting beside each other yeah. having hugs yeah there were, there was people were hugging I think yeah. we shared some popcorn that night yeah. like you know can't do that anymore yeah. you know you gotta keep your distance yeah. Lobo um, but you have been back to to set I mean you've just said mm-hmm. um on Van Helsing. So tell me about the the difference then in filming, you know, from the before times. What, what are some of the biggest changes that you've noticed, both uh, like just looking around you and also in yourself as an actor? Like, is it really different? Yeah, to, it's really different. Wow. Like in, like in a surmountable way or? Yeah, it's different. I'm, I don't yeah. feel confident yeah. by how you said that. Yeah. It's a challenge to get up from behind the mask, like, you know, um, to connect. Yeah. It's, we do, we take it off when we shoot, obviously when we're rolling, but um, to be, I mean, in some ways, some distance doesn't necessarily, 
it's the it's the masks it's the masks that yeah. i that i that's just hard to it's you're when you're when you're in that it, it's hard to be present with yeah. people you know and and um so but you take it off when you're filming so like when we're it, rolling yeah yeah but like what about during rehearsal and stuff it's on wow yeah you hear the beeping right i hear it so <laughs> They hear it too. <laughs> yeah, they hear it in Sweden. They hear it in Amsterdam. We have listeners all over the world. So, and I love it though. Like all of these people all over the world can hear the Whole Foods drivers um, from Kitsilano. Yeah, I mean, but do you do you, like so? What do you do then? Do you have to work harder? Do you just have to accept then that this is just a part of how you're going to feel as an actor if you're going to be working during well, a global you, pandemic? I think I think you, well, you can't. It, it is what. It, it is what oh, it is. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! So you, we were talking about that before we hit record. How Trump ruined it. Like we can't say it is what it is now without. Trump. But like what I like about it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. you know, before Trump took it, was that it indicates a kind of like a resignation, like an acceptance. I mean, like okay, yeah, we have to accept. Like you this is the way it is it. because then, it is what it is. And there might be a way to to sort of lean into it and go, okay, well then, when I do take it off. Then it then it all happens, and yeah. that's when it counts, right? So, um, but it's it's just it, it, there there is something very uh, it's it, it is hard. It's hard, and I didn't expect it because I you know I like I you might have picked up on I don't mind. I'm pretty private. I'm a bit of a I'm not a bit. I'm very much a hermit mm-hmm. myself anyway. So I thought, oh my god, getting you to go out <laughs> <laughs> to that one night, and I was late. I was half an hour late. And it was so embarrassing. You're adorable. Because yeah. you know what? I have, I've been ribbing you about this for, oh, <laughs> for I don't months. know, months. You were, you, honestly, I, look, I checked my phone. You were like 10 minutes late. Yeah, but That's Frank Cassini had seen you at the Starbucks and come in, and I was at the lot. I was waiting for you, and he's like, "Oh, Lobo's yeah, there, and he's been waiting for a long yeah, time." I'm like, "Oh my god!" I, I was but, horrified. I know, but it was ten. You, it was ten minutes until you t- figured it out. Well, <laughs> wouldn't have, you'd still be waiting there if it wasn't for Frank Cassini? Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? I don't. I don't remember. What uh, were we talking uh, about? COVID. Yeah. So. COVID. Yeah. Is that what we were talking about? <laughs> I don't want to stop the recording. Um, late, we're talking about late. Oh shit, people are yelling, more people are yelling. People all over the world all are the like, world. you guys were talking about whatever we were talking about. You, it was fascinating, Well, whatever yeah. it was, it must have been, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, if you remember, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to it. Um, no, it was about the before times, right? The before times. Yeah. No, it's gone. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, let, let's, okay, so we are going to talk, we're going to do some favorite things, but before we do that, we're going to just talk specifically about some, about roles. Mm-hmm. Roles. Roles. This is a section called roles. Like spring rolls? What kind of rolls? Yeah, bread rolls, I'm going to throw you head. No, okay, so what is a Stephen Lobo roll? What is a Stephen Lobo role? Yeah. When are you happiest in a role? You know, what are the kind of roles that you're like, I I need to play this role? That's e- the ones that pay me. <laughs> Money. <laughs> that yeah. is my kind of role. Look, um, sometimes you do. So yeah, sometimes you do. You're a liar. I, I'm sorry, but you're, I saw you because when I was when I was coming coming today, um, and I was telling Paul, I'm like, I'm gonna go see it. Like, I got Lobo in today. He's like, 
man, like, you know, he's like one of my favorite actors. I'm like, yeah, but you don't watch TV. I like, love you know, but, but he was like, no, motherfucker with the hat. Like that, and I'm assuming that was in a high paying role, Lobo. But that he was like, he was, gotcha. he was so good in that. And I know that you were, you really wanted to get that on stage here. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Damn. Damn you. All right. Um, boy. Well, look, Girgis is he's one of my favorite playwrights. So I did I did that I did that one in in a class and it got its hooks in me and it wouldn't let go mm. and I had to do it. Um, same with Jesus Hop the A Train. Mm. I, I did it that was my um, agent showcase in my third year of theater school. So I saw that play. Um, they brought it to the West End. Labyrinth Theater Company brought it to the West End. Never seen anything like it before in my life. One of those life-changing moments. Worked on the material, and it just wouldn't let go of me. Had to do it. Um, I mean, if those come along, you just have to, I don't know, I just have to go with it. Yeah. There's... Um, so are you living for roles then that get their hooks into you? Getting paid is wonderful. Yeah. I want everybody to be paid a lot. Honestly, yeah. I think people who do theater should be paid a lot of money. Um, I yeah. wish that was the way it was. Yeah, that was it's that, not that their, was a really special, passion. special personal passion project where I was working with, you know, it was a dream. It was a dream. I call you know I called the people who I dreamed of working with on this material, yeah. and they said yes. And yeah. I was, so we're talking about you know, Kira fucking Zagorski, yeah, John I mean, fucking Cassini, you know, yeah. Laurie fucking Triolo, directed by Brian Markinson. Brian fucking Markinson. You know. You know. Dream. It, dream. It was an absolute dream. Yeah, and I saw it a couple of times. You know, and uh, this, you were at our first read through, I w and I was at your first read through yeah. as well. Yeah, I was really, I was really energized and psyched about the the project. Um, but once I saw it, I'm like, I got to see it again. Like, I need to, you know, I want to see different things when I when I see it the next time. And I guess there was also a part of me that was like, can they do this again? <laughs> you know, can can like can can Lobo go on that journey? Can yeah. Kira go on that journey? Well, that was the joy in that one is because you know we do. I don't know how many shows we're doing a week, but you know, sometimes there was the matinee, and then you're like, "How am I gonna? How am I gonna do this?" But the joy with that, and the gift of that writing, just like it's very similar to a ride that Shakespeare will take you on, is you prepare for the first moment, and then you just go because hmm. he supports you in it, and uh, the writing, I mean, yeah. Um, and um, that is just what a gift. And your other, and then you got you know Kira and you John and Lori, and you know. You're supported by you're supported by so much, and you just go, yeah. just go. And there's th that's uh, that that flow, that freedom, that that velocity and momentum is something that you just off. You know, you can't get that on a on a film and TV set. Hmm. You know, so I think I think that was something that we all shared in terms of cast and Brian in terms of theater. Like we all. I mean, I think we all had that discussion. I mean, if we could all make a living off of doing that, we, 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 you know, we'd happily do that. Yeah. Happily. Um. Okay, that's enough role talk. Let's play some favorite things. 
These are a few of my favorite things. Now, do you have to get the rights for that? Because I sang it. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> <laughs> we sing and talk about it's. It's an homage. I think you can like pay it homage. Right. Like it's not like we. I think we would have had to pay something or get permission if it was like you know a little bit of Julie Andrews in there. Right. But I think Stephen Lobo singing you know favorite right. things. I think we're good. Okay, so I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna try like find the words to explain what this is. This is where you tell me what your favorite things are. I'm gonna ask you what your favorite thing is, and you answer from your gut. I'm nervous. Um, this, this is the most nervous I've been so far. I can tell, you're like recoiling into yourself <laughs> like a turtle. Okay, um, and, and you're yeah. a bit of a guinea pig because uh, these are all new questions. Okay. The other questions were developed just, I mean, my nine-year-old gave me a list being like, ask people these. Mm -hmm. These ones were my nine-year-old and also find people on Twitter. So, all right. You ready to play favorite things? Born ready. Okay. Favorite locally shot series? Godiva's. Favorite song from Greece? Um, Summer Nights. Favorite junk food? Cheetos. Is there a specific flavor of Cheetos? Jalapeno. Jalapeno. <laughs> Jalapeno. <laughs> favorite onset ritual? Onset ritual? Yeah. What's something that you need to do every single time bef when you're on set, be it in your trailer, you know, like, oh. what's your favorite thing to do? Oh, you know what I do now? Is I go in the trailer and I put something over the mirrors. <laughs> oh, I love it. I don't know why I didn't do that before. You put something over, so you don't have to look at yourself? Yeah, there's mirrors everywhere in those godforsaken things. So you sit down to eat, and guess what you're staring at? A mirror. So I cover. I go in. I cover that shit up. That is so revealing. See, these questions are great. Very revealing. Favorite thing to eat at craft services. Well, donuts. <laughs> donuts. Favorite flavor of donut. I love uh, crullers. Uh, craft services, right? Yeah, yeah. Honey crullers, chocolate donuts. I don't discriminate. Donuts are great. Yeah. How do you feel about like um, artisan donuts, like the really fancy ones? You know, mm. like um, maple bacon or you know caramel sea salt. Or there's Mario like some Earl Earl Grey and lavender. I no, I, not not totally my bag. Yeah. I, I'm happy with Tim Hortons, but my favorite donuts on the planet are honeys. Yeah. Deep Cove honeys. Oh. You familiar? I I am. Yeah. I am familiar with honeys, yes. Um, and I'm glad that it's in Deep Cove, because otherwise I'd yes. be there all the fucking time. All right, favorite supervillain? Is Darth Vader? Is that, that's, I know it's cliche. Supervillain, supervillain. I mean, it's not. I mean, I've asked these questions a few. Th this question was a, is a holdover. No one said Darth Vader before. Really? Was that just because like you're looking at him? He's literally right there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's got to be a more interesting answer than that. Darth Vader. Um, super villain. I know what Kellogg would have said. Well, I would say Kellogg, but I guess also Ke Kellogg was the hero in his own story. I guess that's the thing with villains, right? They're the they're, they're their the own heroes. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sticking with Darth Vader. Okay, fine. <laughs> so like grudging to accept it. Favorite Netflix binge. Um. You're literally stroking your mustache right now. <laughs> what did I just watch? I just watched, um, I just binged um, Indian marriage, the matchmaking, Indian matchmaker. You did? Yeah, I, I got into that. I'm shocked. Yeah. And how was it? 
Um, fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, the thing is, is that because I've been asked to play this story before, right? And I didn't grow up in that, you know, I had no idea. So like, um, so one, it was like, it was just, it was research into this whole thing that every time I watch anything on Netflix it's research that's the excuse I'm watching right now I'm gonna I'm gonna be using right now I was fascinated by it it's like and all the like the colorism and how they um, you know just like it's not that he needs to be this tall and he has to have light skin and he has to have this education yeah and I'm, I'm like wow that stuff still that? exists yeah. yeah you know it's interesting I think I, I just I haven't watched it but I recoiled a bit because what I've heard from from especially from women who are Indian uh, heard on Twitter <laughs> or the, the universal water cooler yeah. is that they didn't like it very much you know that that and why? that it's possible that like why can't stories be told about you know brown women about Indian women you know and about Indian families that aren't just wrapped up in like oh my identity or my relationship with my culture you know we we can be drunk in hot messes too. You yeah. know, everything doesn't have to be, but you know. And there should be. And, yeah. But that was it. That was an interesting, you know, glimpse glimpse into yeah. one facet of that culture that didn't seem they didn't it didn't seem to, um, you know, um, edit itself. It seemed pretty. It seemed pretty legit and real. And they had. Um, they had different characters from that. There was American, Indo-Americans as well as, um, you know, from India as well. So yeah. um, you had you had different types of characters in there too. But yeah, I thought, oh okay, I okay. Well, I will absolutely binge it and uh, and I will send you my thoughts. Favorite advice yeah. to give to young actors what? who want to who want to do oh, what it is you do and have the and play the kind of roles that you play and have the kind of career that you I have. I don't know. Is I that what you say what, to them? I don't Mr. know what Lobo, I'm doing. Sir? <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out myself. You're so disappointed in me right now. Yeah, You're because like, I, I'm, I'm an emer- time, emerging actor. After all, okay. You know, like I, I, Mr. Lobo, sir. Like I, I just, I, I enjoy watching you uh, so much on all your various roles. And how do I have the career right. that you have? All right, all right, okay. <laughs> well, there's certainly no one path. That's for sure. Um, my path is definitely not is not necessarily your path. Training really helped me, but um, I think it's probably the one the nugget about just doing it at any opportunity you can. Hmm. I saw it like, and I went to Tom Hardy was a, a year ahead of me. Um, and um, he got pulled out to do Band of Brothers and stuff like that. And he, you know, obviously went on to be Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> even him, like even then, he was just like acting at any opportunity he could. Um, and I, so I think it goes for like any level when you're going and when you're starting to get going. And you know, at he and he was like. He was wheels were turning like he was he had some momentum already, but still he was just filling it with different experiences in different ways. And, um, you know, there was no doubt that something was going to stick because he was throwing it at he was throwing at the wall. He would he would go and do, you know, he he was in demand already in film and TV and he was still he would go to a pub and just like do a one act play, uh, do a, a one man show. Um, something that was written on the fly. He would do, he was working with Labyrinth actually too. Um, but just like 
it, everything, That's anything, amazing. any at any point, he would just dive in and it, he, with a like a he was ferocious, like in, an insatiable in hunger to just yeah act yeah yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that definitely sticks with me too. You actually ended up having a really good answer. Oh, look to at that. that one! So I'm very proud of you. Well done, sir. <laughs> okay, this is the, my very last question. Favorites? No, of the whole thing. Oh, you bring me here after all this time. I've been trying to get on your podcast, <laughs> and now you're Fuck now you. you're <laughs> shooing me out the door. You're, you'll have to come back. Actually, I think we, we've been talking a lot longer than you realize that we've been we've been talking. But it's so easy. I want to I want to talk about what the fuck moments, you know, yeah. and not like what the fuck, but more like what the fuck. Like, when in your career do you have what the fuck? This is actually my life moments. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I when I stand back and look at my kids, of course, you just go wow. Yeah. Wow. And when you when he when my son stands next to me and he comes up to my chin, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> my nine year old has size seven feet right now. Your nine year old? Yeah, woman size seven. You know, wow. she's and I'm like I'm like googling like Chinese foot binding. You know, because it's like you're growing. <laughs> I'm gonna foot binding, but for your whole body. No, like she's and she's such a but she's so cool as well. And I'm like, wow. Came from up my I know. vagina, and there you are walking around. My heart walking around on the outside of my body. It's unbelievable. And you're also you're cool and you're surprising, and I want to protect you. And Steven, Steve Lobo, Lobo. See, I call you that because I've heard you called Steven. Yeah. I remember you called Steve. Kira got me calling you Lobo, yeah. and then Lobo's your last name, so that's why I'm calling you Steven, Steve Lobo, Lobo. Um, this has been a fucking delight. It's been awesome. Um, where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you on the social media? Um, I got a Twitter handle. It's, it, I don't know what it is. It's stupid. But it's, it's, it's up there somewhere. <laughs> I think it's like Mr. L080 oh, or something. It, that's exactly what it is, yeah. But is it zero or O? Like I literally have to like ch like search your name and then I go, like if I'm gonna tag you, then I have to like cut and paste. It's I didn't annoying. really understand the whole Twitter <laughs> handle thing when I signed really? up, okay? <laughs> I didn't really understand the concept of, sir. I didn't under, Gary, he's like, Lobo, you got to get on this. Yeah. I'm like, what? He's like, yep. Get it. So, I don't know. I think Mr. Lobo was taken. Stephen Lobo was taken. So, I tried to spell my name in a way that looked like my Alphanumeric? name. Alphanumeric? <laughs> so annoying. <sighs> you could have done like, you know, so the, people have to the real that. Stephen Lobo. Or... I don't know about these things. No. It's true. It's clear. But that's, that's what makes you, you. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> we like each other. This is gentle ribbing from people who've known each other for like decades. You will come back. We'll do a we'll do a part two, and then we'll go on and on and on. Um, I want to turn this around though. Next time we come, I'm hey, gonna, ask me anything. I'm you got a question? You. you got a question? You can ask me. I'll answer as honestly as I can. I adore you. Aw, but where's the question? Um, okay, so <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to write up one of those things that you did at the beginning. Uh huh. And then Get I'm, your nine-year-old to help you. Or. What's your favorite... Um, You're looking at the bookshelf with all the toys. What's your favorite <laughs> book as a young child? As a very young child, yeah. I read all the uh, Ramona 
books by Beverly Cleary. Love those. I love Judy Bloom books because at the time there was like a whiff of they're kind of naughty. They talked about things that you know you were that you, you were not talking about. Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like um, I remember like, those. Like sex um, yeah. and periods, and uh, and then when I was a bit older, I read. Um, I had a teacher put a copy of The Hobbit in my hands. What's your biggest fear? What is my biggest fear is that people will will realize that I'm a fucking fraud. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's total imposter syndrome. I got that shit too. Yeah, I think a lot of us do, and a lot of people who sit in this room have that have that fear. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do to um, overcome that? Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's all you got to do. All right. You, we'll continue this next time because now I am getting nervous. Thank you. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review, five stars, no less. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenscene. Do you see how easy that is? At... YVR screen scene. Uh, why, why weren't you Mr. there? L080. Ten years ago when I signed up. <laughs> I was, but we hadn't reconnected yet. Okay, the YVR screen scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ferminger. I'm the only one to blame. And it's edited by Simon Ferminger. Special thanks to Mariana Ferminger for recording our Patreon ad and to Tyson Braddock and Paul Ferminger. We are family business, truly and honestly. Pardon me? Simon. Who's Simon? Simon is uh, my editor and uh, Paul's brother. Paul's brother. And uh, yeah, he's here. I'll introduce (laughs) you right after we finish recording. Yes, but thank you to all those people for technical support and to Dane Devalet for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! (laughs) What are you laughing for? Yeah! It's still recording. What? Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers, ACTRA, provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series and movies, feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix? For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA ultra-low-budget agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low-budget or even no-budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered, and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP ACTRA. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP ACTRA member. Go to ubcp.com for more information.